It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings, the best place. To play your best ball drafts, amazing. Obviously, you all already know about DFS for DraftKings, the king of DFS. But love me some DraftKings best ball. Highly encourage you guys to check it out. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Most of you know that. Washington, then the Cowboys, the Bills, the Patriots, the Browns, and then back to Washington, as luck would have it. Now I've got a bunch of podcasts. I'm beyond fired up for preseason football because A, I love it, and B, I will be calling the Eagles and the Jets Friday night. Check your local listings if you're somewhere where you can watch it or else I guess everybody can get it on NFL Game Pass or whatever the new thing is called, NFL Plus. I don't even know. I lose track of all this stuff. I do know this. At Ross Tucker NFL was my social media handle. At Ross Tucker Pod is where you can find all of our shows. You can always watch this program and all the other programs at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. What we try to do is try to give you all the information you need to know from a fantasy football perspective in 30 minutes or less. And we do it with a guy I still think, even though he's known in the industry, is underrated. I think Joe Dolan is underrated at FG underscore Dolan I see this big deal for Matthew Barry and I see these other guys I hope they realize Joe's better he he's better in every oh. way he's a better analyst he's better on the air he's just better at F I, I should be your publicist or your agent Joe I at love FG that Ross. underscore Dolan what's up Joe uh, uh can I get some of that Matthew Barry money that would be nice <laughs> uh, no I, pre- I can't I, imagine how much you got I I I uh, appreciate the comments though, Ross. Uh, been been a very very busy couple weeks, um, and it's going to continue to be busy until February. So, uh, go, rise and grind, right? I mean, I'm heading up to uh, to Canton, Ohio, for the Fantasy Football Expo this coming weekend. Say hi. As a matter of fact, fantasy points, Ross. We are Ross. I, I hope this lines up with your vision of me or whatever. Uh, you know about me fantasy points is sponsoring the friday night welcome party to the fantasy football expo i'm going there to party man uh what let's um uh what what's the line from rosalita do you are you a bruce springsteen guy i like bruce springsteen yeah i ain't here on business baby i'm only here for fun uh, that'll be me at the uh, expo joe you better have the eagles game on okay at the expo number one Number two, uh, that's funny because I could actually go and I could go to Canton, Ohio back-to-back weekends. Not many people do that, but I because mm-hmm. I was there last weekend for the Hall of Fame. Um, sat boy, right next uh, to Fred Baselli. Taylor, by the way. Speaking What's of that? fantasy football. Sp- you sat next sat, to Fred sat Taylor? right next to Fred Taylor. One of the most underrated backs of all time, and I think uh, Tony Baselli was lobbying for him to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Ross, uh, obviously, Baselli is your boy, right? I mean um, – yeah, that's and, who invited me. Yeah, and I, you know, I remember Tony Baselli. Like, you know, I was a kid when Tony Baselli um, was was in his prime, 
And uh, I realized I never really, like, you know, you're a kid, you're 10 years old. Maybe you did, Ross, because you ended up being an offensive lineman. But uh, but when you're 10 years old, you know, you watch football and you hear about Tony Baselli, but you don't, like, necessarily focus on the offensive line. There was a great YouTube clip of a Bills versus Jaguars postseason game that showed every Tony Baselli rep against Bruce Smith. Um, and I thought it was a really cool watch and, you know, getting to focus on that and really what made him great. Um, it, it was a great speech and obviously probably a guy who would have played many more years if, if not for the injuries, but, uh, it, it was good to see your friend get into the hall of fame and yeah, and I'll, I'll be going there and I'll be checking out the bus this weekend. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've told the story before, but Tony's six years were 95 through 2001 where he was really playing well through 2000. That was my last two years of high school football and my four years of college football. So when you're Division I college offensive lineman, you watch the NFL, and Tony was the guy. Like, Mm -hmm. he was the guy, 97, 98, 99, 2000. He was the guy we all wanted to be. Like, we wanted to be Tony Baselli. He was three-time first-team All-Pro during those years. He was the guy. He was the guy that we aspired to be. Fantasypoints.com is the site I aspire you guys to all check out. Just use the code 22FEAST. You can still get that discount, 22FEAST. What we've been doing the last few weeks, and it's very helpful, and if you haven't already, go back and check out the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers. We are doing tiers of Dolan in which Joe puts – all of the players in the specific position group into different tiers, not necessarily straight ranked, but just how you should be looking at them and comparable players. Before we get to the tight ends today, though, Joe, I did want to get your thoughts. Anything that has been notable to you so far? Maybe it's Josh Jacobs' usage in the Hall of Fame game. Maybe it's J.K. Dobbins off of PUP. What is noticeable so far well i mean josh the josh jacobs thing is ross i can't remember the last non-rookie top 100 fantasy pick who played in the hall of fame game i literally can't remember it and, and maybe somebody out there will be like you moron two years ago it happened okay maybe um but not two years ago because it didn't happen preseason two years ago but um like uh, it was staggering to me and i know mcdaniels is out there oh you know it's good to get running backs out there. None of their other starters played. So I I just thought that was strange. Um, J.K. Dobbins coming off the pup list is good news. He's ahead of of, of Gus Edwards in his rehab. Uh, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator there in ba- uh, Baltimore, said their backfield competition is wide open. Um, our Dr. Edwin Porras, doctor of physical therapy at Fantasy Points, he said that he would be surprised um, – Ross, uh, if if Dobbins was 100%, but I have to imagine even 80% of J.K. Dobbins is better than 100% of whatever version of Mike Davis they throw out there. So J.K. Dobbins, I anticipate his ADP is going to rise. Michael Thomas's ADP is going to rise. Um, he was an eighth-round pick, then a seventh-round pick, then a sixth-round pick. I was in a draft this week where he went as the first pick in the fifth round. Um, so Michael Thomas's ADP is going to continue to rise as his uh, practice reps get ramped up. Um, Nick Underhill of New Orleans Football said he is starting to get targeted heavily in Saints practice. And then, of course, um, a story I'm sick of talking about. I know you have to talk about it too on your other podcasts. I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to play this year. 
um, which obviously affects the entire Cleveland Browns offense. You have Kareem Hunt potentially holding out. They just lost Jakeem Grant, who wasn't going to be really a fantasy asset, but was going to have a role in their offense. And obviously he's an elite kick returner. Um, I just think the vibes in Cleveland are terrible. It's of their own doing. Um, but we'll see once that that discipline comes down and we can finally get a full picture of what's going to happen with the Deshaun Watson situation. So there's a number of things that are going on. And we'll certainly uh, react to more news next week once we have more news and also preseason games to analyze. But that's kind of my initial takes on, on what's been going on here uh, in the uh, preseason and the training camp uh, so far. Yeah, um, just to piggyback off of that, I talked about this. We gotta, we, I'm going to get him on the show probably in a couple of weeks on this show, Joe. I had Dr. Chow on the Ross Tucker football podcast today, and uh, he's not overly concerned about Matthew Stafford. Okay. Which, oh, that's another one. I thought yeah. he might be – you know, he got the injection. He's having issues. He thinks Stafford will be fine. He gives him a six score of 92, which basically it's not the same as like a 95, 96. So – are you familiar with six score, Joe? I am. I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he does. So Dr. Chow came on the Raw Sucker Football Podcast, and every player gets a six score, which is the Sports Injury Central score. And like a really healthy quarterback's a 95 96. So Stafford's not, you know, considered fully healthy, but 92. Look, there's guys that are in the 40s. You know, like there's guys that are, that are low. He seemed more concerned about J.K. Dobbins because it wasn't just an ACL tear. It was an LCL tear. And it was nasty. If you remember last year, he had Saquon in the high 40s in the sixth score. And guess what? Saquon played like a guy that was not fully healthy. And so I would be selling on J.K. Dobbins based on what Dr. Chow said. We can get him on in a couple weeks. But um, just to piggyback off that, I talked to him about Bakhtiari, a lot of O linemen, Jimmy G. Uh, but good timing for you to to bring that up because that is a very, very big factor. Um, now let's get into the tiers of Dolan. Before we do, I do want everyone to know that if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSS and make your first deposit, I think there's new states, maybe Massachusetts, you can get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code ROSS. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Pretty awesome that you can get that right now. Bet on a preseason game. It's fun. Fezzik on the Even Money podcast liked the overs this week, which surprised me. All right. Is this the last time? Do we do tiers for any other position? I don't think so. This is the last time we get to play this, isn't it? It is. It is. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Brian is devastated. Get excited, everybody. It's tears of Dolan, tight end style. If I'm following Joe Dolan, am I drafting Zeke? If I'm following Joe Dolan, I'm at the turn. Two picks to burn. Two picks to burn. Definitely the best line in the song. Because I know. I know. 
Joe Dolan. Love it, Joe. Uh, I love this. I love when there's a guy that's in his own category. And that's what you have. You're playing it again? Brian's playing it again. <laughs> he missed it so much. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> I think Brian... Can you imagine if Bri put it on repeat and like went walked away, and we just had to talk over that the whole rest isn't, of the show? Isn't there um, isn't there like uh, the like reports that like the military or other militaries, our military, whoever, whatever militaries would do like horrible torture by just like playing music, and <laughs> so people can't sleep? That would be that for Brian, by the way. Yeah, that'd like, be amazing. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get to your tiers of Dolan for tight end. Travis Kelsey's in his own category. Yeah, and it, the category is Kelsey. Uh, I this is a this is a tribute uh, to when I used to do tiers back in Rob Gronkowski's heyday with New England when y- you couldn't even call him elite. The tier was Gronk um, because it was a beyond elite. Look, Travis Kelsey, they've lost so many targets from that offense with. Uh, with Tyreek Hill gone, Demarcus Robinson's gone, Byron Pringle's gone. Um, the the only guy who Patrick Mahomes really has a significant rapport with, maybe Mecole Hardman. Zero Mecole has been a great uh, 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 draft strategy the last four years. But um, uh, Travis Kelsey is the only guy who Patrick Mahomes has a really established, incredible rapport. Um, over the last three seasons, he's been arguably the most consistent player in fantasy. He has finished as a tight end one, meaning a top 12 tight end, in 85% of his games over the last three seasons. I mean, that is just somebody who you know you can plug and play in your lineup. You know it's going to be a pass-heavy offense. Travis Kelsey is the only guy in consideration at the tight end position as a first-round pick. He's the only one, and, and it makes complete sense. I know he's getting a little bit older. We haven't seen him drop off physically yet, though. Tight end won 85% of the weeks over the last how many years? Three years. 85% wow. of them. So, like, it's it's like Steph Curry free throw percentage. Like, he's, like, just a little bit under that. That's Travis Kelsey finishing as a top 12 tight end for fantasy. He, like, it's staggering. I wonder who the Chiefs would rather have, him or Tyreek Hill? interesting because Tyree Kill is somebody you have to defend so uniquely um I mean I think if you if you gave them the choice so reliable though Kelsey's just so reliable yeah it's I mean he's just a freak of nature I mean I like that would that's a poll that I think would probably split Chief fans if you get them answering honestly right because no they're all gonna say Kelsey now Right, but if you get them answering honestly, would I take 33 years old Kelsey vis a vis 29 year old Tyree Kill? You know, it's probably 50 50. Let's not ask Chiefs fans, okay? Let's ask the rest of the NFL. Um, I, I, that is a fascinating question, Ross, quite, quite, quite frankly. All right. Um, next up, you have a category that's just elite. So you have Kelsey, his own category. The next category is elite, and it's only Mark Andrews. Yeah, and so Mark Andrews is because he is the tight end who's going in the second round. And I got to be honest, 
Mark Andrews was my fantasy MVP last year across all of my leagues. He really was. Um, he was was just so fantastic, and he was relatively affordable. He's not affordable this year, though. And one of the concerns I have is that the Ravens might go back to more of a run-heavy offense. Remember, Marquise Brown is not there. They, I mean, I think Rashad Bateman's going to be very good, but they do not have any proven pass catchers at the wide receiver position, and that includes Rashad Bateman. You know, he didn't he didn't have a huge volume rookie season. So I think Mark Andrews is going to be their top passing target. But the problem is they were 52 percent pass heavy on early downs in Lamar Jackson starts last year. In 2020, they were 58 percent run heavy on early downs, which was most in the NFL. In 2019, when Lamar Jackson won the MVP, they were 59 percent run heavy on early downs. That was most in the NFL. I think they're reverting back to that. And a dip in passing volume could be catastrophic for Mark Andrews because he averaged only 36.7 routes per game last year. That was second most among tight ends behind only Kelsey. But in 2020, he averaged 25.8 routes per game, which was 17th among tight ends. And if any dip could be absolutely disastrous to Mark Andrews' fantasy season, I still think he's a second-round pick because he's really their only proven pass catcher. But the 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 volume of this passing game is concerning to me. All right. You got two guys in the near elite category. Yeah. Kyle Pitts from the Falcons and George Kittle from the Niners. Why are they not elite? Well, George Kittle, first and foremost, injury history. He's played uh, 25 games, including playoffs, over the last two seasons. So he's missing games. But he's also boomer bust. Uh, he's had five games of 22 or more fantasy points over that span. But he's also scored fewer than 10 fantasy points 10 times in that span. So he's kind of boomer bust. And Kyle Pitts, I mean, I think it's kind of self-evident here. He only scored one touchdown last year. I think that's going to go up. But the problem is, what's this offense going to look like? Uh, Matt Ryan's not there. Marcus Mariota is not exactly a high-level thrower of the football. Um, I think you can make the argument that Marcus Mariota had some good years with Delaney Walker. That's that's good for Kyle Pitts, but the lack of touchdowns, the fact that I think the, the Falcons are going to be absolutely abhorrent and they have one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL is enough to keep Kyle Pitts from that tier. And the problem with Pitts is he is a third-round pick, so you do have to pay up for him. Um, I haven't been drafting him a ton. I I wouldn't be shocked if he breaks out. I do think he's their number one receiver, much in the same way Kelsey uh, and Andrews are. You can make the argument Kittle is not his team's number one receiver. But I, I think all the concerns about uh, Atlanta's offense are enough to keep Kyle Pitts from being elite. And Kittle's just a health thing. Kittle's a health, it's a health thing. thing. Pitts is a uh, and also uncertainty. And, and also, Trey Lance is an uncertainty at this point, too. You know, that passing game volume is probably going to come down. So there's there's some concerns there with, with George Kittle. The good news about Kittle is he's much cheaper than Kyle Pitts. So if you're like, all right, Dolan, you've got these near elite tight ends. One of them's going in the third round and one's going in the fifth round. I know which one I want to take, and that would be Kittle. Then you have a, a category, which is rock-solid starters. Dalton Schultz. TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, Zach Ertz. So this is a this is um a very interesting group because you've got guys like Schultz and Ertz who I kind of view as similar at this point. They're the it's third and six. 
I'm going to get you six and a half yards kind of tight end that the quarterback is going to trust. I think these two guys legitimately with the exception of Kelsey might have the shot to lead tight ends in receptions, um, Schultz and Ertz. So if you're in a PPR league, these are two of my favorite guys to target. As a matter of fact, I would say Ertz is my most drafted tight end thus far, simply because his ADP is affordable. He's like tight end 10. And I think he can catch a lot of passes. Hawkinson and Waller are more of the athletic type um Hawkinson some injuries have kept him from truly breaking out but he's a truly elite physical specimen Waller is the guy I struggle the most with here because Ross you know um he came out in that massive uh primetime game last year and just blew up in week one it was a 19 target 10 catch 105 yards he scored a touchdown in that game and it looked like, frankly, he was going to break the tight end position. He was the next guy who was going to do that in the Kelsey and Gronk line. And then just things went by the wayside. Waller had only one more game last year after week one with 10 or more targets. He had only one more game with 100 or more receiving yards. And he only scored one more touchdown after week one. And he finished just three times as a top five weekly fantasy tight end after being drafted basically as like the second or third tight end off the board. So he was a bust last year, despite the Raiders having only one other reliable pass catcher, that being Hunter Renfro. They have another reliable pass catcher this year, that being Devontae Adams. So, uh, by the way, he's also missed two weeks of training camp right now. So Darren Waller is a player I am really struggling with. I have not ended up with a ton of Waller, but I've also seen his ADP dip I've been in drafts where he's dipped into the sixth round, which is often where Dalton Schultz is going, and I could dabble in Darren Waller at that price. But I'll tell you, there are some bad vibes here on Darren Waller. And keep in mind, he's somebody who's in his 30s now because he was he converted to, from wide receiver to tight end. Um, he's been very open about his issues that might have um, might have cost him some years of his prime, some years of his career. He is older now. He's injured. Last year was very inconsistent for him. I've struggled with Darren Waller this year. Why has he been out for two weeks in camp? I didn't see that. Undisclosed. I wonder if he's just trying to get his money. Maybe. Because he's like criminally underpaid. Very much so. Very so much that's so. Probably part. By the way, I talked to him at the broadcast boot camp. He had a couple of injuries last year that were not good. Right. He had um he had an ankle sprain and then he had the knee sprain on Thanksgiving. Um and, and that cost him six – I think he missed six games total last year. So the injuries were not great. Um, he was playing hurt. But also, he's on the wrong side of 30. Um, great guy. Um, we all, I love rooting for Darren Waller. I think everybody became a Darren Waller fan uh, on, on Hard Knocks a few years back. Um, and obviously, then he blew up for fantasy. But there are some concerning things from a fantasy perspective. Touchdown-dependent tight end ones. Dawson Knox, Pat Fryermuth. Dallas Goddard. I am surprised you don't have Dallas Goddard higher. Well, here's you look the, at a lot of the advanced metrics, Joe. He was fantastic last year. He's he's one of the best tight ends in football. Uh, there's no doubt about it. The question is, what is the passing volume going to be when you know Jalen Hurts? Look, the Eagles are going to throw the ball more this year. That's a fact. It's going to happen. The problem is when Jalen Hurts is your quarterback, the run game does have to be a foundational part of what you do. It would be stupid if it wasn't. He's an elite runner. Their offensive line is elite, although I know Kelsey is dinged up a little bit right now. The concern I have with Goddard is the fact that A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are going to eat uh, eat targets here. So I'm not sure Goddard has the ability to catch like 80 passes the way I think a Dalton Schultz or a Zach Ertz does. For, um, 
pass volume is the issue here for Goddard and Pat Fryermuth. While Dawson Knox has never really been a big catch guy, but man, does that guy get in the end zone? He's intriguing to me because the Buffalo Bills are one of the pass heaviest teams in the NFL. And while I'm predicting a breakout for Gabriel Davis, you do have to consider that maybe he won't. And if that's the case, then who's the number two target behind Stefan Diggs? It could well be Dawson Knox. So that's why I have these guys grouped together here. I think these might be low catch guys who, if they don't score a touchdown, might disappoint you. I do think Goddard has the most upside of this group, but I'm just a little bit concerned that the passing volume in Philadelphia won't let him reach the level of like a Hawkinson um, type of fantasy prospect. When did you get um, married, Joe? I was married here. Uh, in May. Okay, thank goodness. Yeah, I did not get married. Evidently, a lot of people get married in September and October. They're the two most popular months, which is wild, by the way. And at any rate, um, I, I bring that up because a lot of people are getting myfrontpagestory.com stories for their anniversaries for September and October. So first of all, I, I wonder what the Venn diagram looks like of people that got married in September, October, but also listened to the Fantasy Feast podcast. I can't imagine there's a lot of overlap there, but you never know. Obviously, people's wives can have a lot of sway. At any rate, if your anniversary is coming up, there is no better gift than myfrontpagestory.com. There just isn't. You don't know what to get her. She'll love it. I promise. Breakout potential tight end ones, Joe. Cole Komet, Irv Smith, Tyler Higby, and your boy Albert O. So, uh, well, first and foremost, Ross, what you just said, the best man in my wedding is getting married in October on a Sunday. On a Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> so I have to go. He was the best man in my wedding. Um, so, yeah, he, he, like, literally apologized when he told me. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> because all the wedding venues are backed up and they're so expensive right now uh, that that was the most uh, logical option for them. He was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll be going to back-to-back weddings that weekend in Philadelphia. Anyway, the breakout potential tight end ones, these are guys who have um, some questions about them. Cole Komet, it's the offense, but right now he's the second best pass catcher in that offense. I don't know if you've noticed, Ross, we know the Bears receiving core is bad. They've had injuries too. Byron Pringle can't get on the field. He has a quad injury. Nikhil Harry suffered a severe high ankle sprain. And then David Moore got carted off in practice this week. Their wide receiving group that was already terrible is now even thinner. So Cole Komet's got to step up this year. Irv Smith, he was one of my, he was my most drafted tight end last year. Obviously, he got hurt in the preseason and didn't play. Um, now he's got a thumb injury that's going to push his ADP down. But there's a chance he's ready for week one after having surgery on his hand. So, uh, Irv Smith, I might buy the discount right now. I'm hearing good things about Tyler Higby. And Tyler Higby is now cheaper because he burned everybody last year. A lot of people picked him as a breakout guy. But... Van Jefferson's been banged up. Allen Robinson's in there now. I've heard some good things about Tyler Higby and good news uh, with the, what the, uh, Dr. Chow said about Matthew Stafford not being too worried. And then there's Albert O. And this one I am really struggling with because one of the other things that I forgot to mention when we talked about the camp news is Tim Patrick tearing his ACL, which is a huge loss uh, for the Broncos. He was like, he was arguably the most popular player in the entire locker room, but he was also a really good, reliable receiver down in the red zone. I wonder if Albert O is now somebody who's going to, because KJ Hamler uh, and the rookie Montreal Washington are smaller and speedier guys. I wonder if they want a big slot target. Albert O becomes that guy. 
the other problem though is they drafted a tight end Greg Dolchich in the third round so I want to see what that relationship is like with Alberto and Dolchich before I really go all in on Alberto um one of these guys is probably maybe two of them is probably going to be a top eight top nine top ten tight end this year it's just a matter of finding which of these guys it is your touchdown dependent tight end twos are Mike Gesicki and Hunter Henry yeah, Hunter Henry was a low-catch guy last year but scored a million touchdowns. Gesicki is one of the players I have struggled the most with, and I, I, I've i admitted on this podcast that I've struggled with Miami's offense and projecting Miami's offense because you've got two speedy wide receivers who have similar skill sets. You've got a, a backfield that's three deep, or four deep right now if you count Miles Gaskin, a quarterback who hasn't played very well but in theory, um, in theory lines up very well in this offense. And then you've got Mike Kosicki, who last year was a big slot receiver. That was his role. He he was a slot receiver. The problem is Miami signed Cedric Wilson to a big money deal this offseason. So my question is, what is Mike Kosicki's role going to be in this offense? And I, I, I boil it down to he's probably going to be involved in the red zone, if anything else, which means there could be games where he catches three passes for 30 yards and does nothing for you for fantasy, the next week, he catches three passes for 30 yards and scores twice. The, that's kind of where I view Gasicki. He's one of the players I've struggled with the most because if you were to just look at our rankings at Fantasy Points and my tiers, based on his production, he's somebody who's underrated. But I'm struggling with that offense right now and what Gasicki's role is going to be. Boring vets nobody wants. Gerald Everett, Austin Hooper, Jonu Smith, Hayden Hurst, Cam Brate. The guy nobody who wants them. Yeah, the guy who I f- focused on the most from here is Austin Hooper because he is available like as tight end 24, literally like the last number t- two tight end that people draft. And he's got a pathway to 60 catches because, again, look at that receiving core. Robert Woods coming off a torn ACL. Traylon Burks up and down in camp. Nick Westbrook, Akina, like there is a lot of opportunity for Austin Hooper to catch passes here. Gerald Everett's in an elite offense, so I'm always willing to take shots on him, although he's been much more of a tease for fantasy than anything else. Meanwhile, Johnny Smith has been one of the breakout players of of Patriots camp. He had personal issues last year um, and just never got off on the right foot. He's been one of the breakout players of Patriots camp, and he is free in drafts. He's into the 30s at tight end. I wonder if we see a little bit more Johnny Smith this year than we did last. Finally, breakout potential tight end twos. Njoku, Fant, Brevin Jordan, Evan Ingram. Yeah, these are guys I haven't drafted a ton of. Um, Noah Fant's in a horrible offense. Brevin Jordan um, is getting some buzz in training camp. Uh, He was a fifth-round pick out of Miami last year who kind of came on at the end of the year, but they just traded for Adam Shaheen from the Dolphins. Evan Ingram is just not a very good football player. Um, David Njoku is the one who also might not be a very good football player, by the way. But the Browns extended him, and you can make the argument. As as a matter of fact, it's not even an argument. He is, and this this is a problem for the Browns. This isn't necessarily an endorsement of Njoku. He is the second most accomplished pass catcher on that roster right now, behind only Amari Cooper. Now, we just mentioned Deshaun Watson earlier. Jacoby Brissett has started 37 games in the NFL, and he's averaged under 200 passing yards in those 37 games. So this is not going to be a very prolific passing offense. Njoku had been one of my favorite tight end twos to draft, but I probably have enough of him right now where I don't need to dive into that, what is going to be, I think, a pretty bad offense this year with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. No offense, Joe, but I've had enough of you for today. (laughs) So, 
People can check you out on social media at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even on TikTok. Make sure you go to fantasypoints.com right now, as soon as you're done with the episode, and put that code in 22FEAST because it's so good to get all their content, all their discounts. Check us out on YouTube. You can see the highlight clips of the other shows, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Next week, we will react to everything that happens in preseason week one. A lot of good info and nuggets, especially on down the line, guys, that we'll have to break down next week here. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.